0: Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Alright. So I guess to tell you a very quick bit about myself, um, because I don't want to waste waste any time. Um, so as Caitlin said, so we we had our one-year anniversary in April, and it's it's been an, an adventure, really since before we got married and then after, since getting married and coming here has continued to be an adventure. And one thing that I, I made sure of in my life and in my heart was that wherever I go, that I could just build an altar for God in each place I go. That when I would step foot in place, it would be about Him. And now, Caitlin, um, there's probably two things, uh, you know, I would add to what she shared with you about our journey. The first is that when we were dating, I said to, I said, hey, we were driving and I had this burning in my heart and it wasn't a heartburn, um, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a burning from the Spirit of God. And some of you will know what that means. And if you don't know what that means, I pray this morning that when you leave this place, you will know what that means. But I had this burning and so I, I said to her, I said, hey, hey babe, I've you know, got this thing on my heart and I have no idea what it is. And, but I said, hey, if we're going to get married one day, and we weren't even engaged or anything. <laughs> I'm like, hey, if we're going to get married one day, i uh, just have this thing on my heart, I have to tell you. I feel like God's saying that I I might have to move. like, is that okay? (laughs) I'm like, "Is is that something you would be willing to do? Because if we get married, that might happen. I said, I don't know what it is. It might not even happen. But I'm like, God's just been putting this on my heart and I don't know what. I'm like, maybe it's just moving to the next suburb. Maybe it's moving countries. Maybe it's just moving a couple of hours. I have no idea. That's exactly what I said to her. And she's like, okay, oh, yeah, if, if God says so, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, all right, you know, if that's what God wants, but really she never thought about ever moving. And so when she came to me and she had this, this bit of yearning in her heart, like, oh, this bit of a joke. Like, what if we what if we moved? Like, and I said, Hey, babe, do you remember what I said to you like a while back? <laughs> I said, that's still there in my heart. If this is God, then let's dig in deep. Let's, let's get on, on our knees. Let's pray. Let's pray together. And through all the craziness that was going on, let's press into God and hear from Him directly. That we would know 100%. And you might think, how do you know 100%? I mean, that's, I mean that's, that is faith. But I did know 100% that God was telling us, you're going somewhere. Where the faith really was, is that we didn't know where. We didn't know where at all. I'm like, all right, God, I'm just telling everybody, hey, pray for us because we might be going. And they're like, where? I don't know. God's just doing something. And that's what it was. But our first prayer, and I said to Caitlin, I said, our first prayer has to be, That wherever we go, we have a church that we can grow and that we can invest what we have to give. And that was our first prayer, truly. Didn't have, and it wasn't looking for, it wasn't even work. Like In our hearts was God, if this is really you, then you're going to take us to a church that we can grow and that we can offer something because we want more of you wherever we go. We don't want to move just because it sounds great, because it sounds good. Caitlin and I have have this thing where we know, there's this little phrase that we've kind of come up with for our lives. Sometimes things look really good, but it's not always really God. And so we had to make sure that if we were going somewhere, God was in the centre of it. And this morning, God has really been stirring on my heart. I thank God that I was able to come up here without being in tears. (laughs) Because during worship, I'm like, oh God, I'm in tears. I need you to, I don't want to dry, you know, I don't want to become dry. But God, um, I don't want to get up there weeping and everyone's wondering what's going on. (laughs) But I know his spirit's here. I know He has a message for you this morning. Maybe you've been here 50 minutes. Maybe you've been serving God 50 years. But God has more for you. He has more for us. And this song we sing singing this morning, what's it called again? Empty Words. Empty words. And the bridge says, "About Holy Spirit, we're desperate for, we're desperate for all. A demonstration. We're desperate for a demonstration. One thing you will learn about me is I'm so bad with lyrics. I'm a singer. Ah, I'm like, all right. Okay, God, that's that's the little weakness you've given me. (laughs) So instead I write my own songs. I just sing my own songs to the Lord (laughs) because I can't remember other people's songs. (laughs) So that bridge was really... It, it, it was stirring in me. Because I've been preparing a message for today. Weeks ago, before I even knew I was, I was going to preach, I was, that I was going to share a message, God put the story of Elijah, the prophet Elijah, on my heart. Now, if you don't know anything about Elijah, he's a prophet that... That was, through him, a whole many miracles happened. Just crazy things. So let me tell you a few things that happened. Alright. So, Elijah, when we first hear from him in the Bible, and just so you know where, where this comes from, the first time we hear about Elijah, it's in 1 Kings chapter 17. And he goes up to this king. It's the first thing. He goes up to the king and says, hey, king of Israel, just just letting you know, it's not going to rain in Israel for several years until I say so. (laughs) He goes up to the king. And now he does this because God commands him to do that. In the name of the Lord, he goes and says, hey, it's not going to rain for several years. You're you're just going to have drought. People are going to go hungry. And the king is like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Elijah. What are you speaking? Now, the king must have thought Elijah was just nuts, but then it happens. Then eventually that king tries to kill Elijah. Another miracle of Elijah, God says, go on your journey and ravens are gonna bring bread and meat to you along your journey. How, look, I haven't had ravens or birds come and bring me food. Um, I eat chicken, so I guess that's kind of, kind of something. But I've never had them come and fly bread and meat to me. But sometimes God uses us to do miracles like that and bless people. And I've had some people bring things to us and, and give us things and it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. God, God is a God of miracles. Another miracle He does So God tells Elijah, all right, keep going along your journey and you're going to find a woman. Because at this point, Elijah's hungry. He's like, okay, not only did it stop raining for Israel, it stopped raining for him too. So there isn't a whole lot of food going around. And he's like, all right, God, you're telling me to say this to Israel, but I'm also not going to have food. But God says, keep going on your journey. You're going to find a woman and she's going to feed you. So Elijah goes and he finds this woman and he says, please give me a cup of water. Probably not a cup, but give me some water. So she gives him some water and then he says, okay, now give me some bread. And she's like, Elijah, I have nothing. There is this famine going on. I have nothing left, nothing left to give. And you want me to give you bread? And she's like, all I have is a tiny bit of flour, tiny bit of oil. And he says, I tell you what, do it and you're going to have a miracle. Basically, after that, she has unlimited amounts of bread because God starts pouring oil out. He, he said, tells her, go get, get the jar and start pouring, start pouring. And it's just, this miracle happens. Her oil never runs dry. It's just amazing what happens. Another miracle. And this next one is probably my... Um, it's brutal, but it's kind of my favourite. It it's a bit brutal. So, Elijah, after several years, he, he comes out. So, he's been, uh, he's been living with this... Um, in a house. And actually... The, the lady's son actually gets sick. And she's like, well, Elijah, I did this for you. And I like, have you brought death to my house? Like, what are you doing? I listened to you. And now death has come. And so Elijah prays and revives this young boy. Amazing. Then it's time he comes out and he says, all right, everybody, the drought is over. Rain's, rain's coming soon, rain's coming soon. And he says, now remember what I told you, the king is not happy with him because, because of what he spoke, there's been no rain and the king wants to kill him. So Elijah says, I'll tell you what, how about I have a little competition with, with the prophets of your false gods. We can get together a whole bunch of wood in one place, get whoever you want to come and have a look and the person whose first God burns that wood, his God is real. And so it's him against hundreds of prophets. All these prophets, they're praying day in, day out. And it says in the Bible that they start ripping their clothes because they're like, my gods aren't doing anything. What's going on? And Elijah says, because even before that, Elijah says, yeah, you go first. Sorry, you take as long as you want. We're going to see whose God is real. Then Elijah, it's his turn. He says, You know what? That's too easy. We're gonna wet all the wood. <laughs> We're gonna make a moat around the wood as well. We're gonna pour water into it. We're gonna make this as hard as possible. Because my God is real. My God is real. I'm sure you can guess what happens next. God comes and lights that thing up. Lights it up completely. Elijah. Wins, another miracle. And then they go and get rid of those, the other prophets. And there's something this morning, that song. You see, it's so easy to sing that song when everything's great. It's so easy to sing that song when you're feeling full of joy and you you just want to be in the house of the Lord and nowhere else. But... Things get tough for Elijah. Sometimes life can get tough for all of us. And the heart, it becomes, it comes to a place of struggle. Struggle doesn't mean that you've, that you've given up. Struggle is actually wrestling with something. So when you hear me say struggle this morning, it's not a thing of, oh, you've given up, but it's actually that you're you're wrestling against something. You're not giving up, you're struggling, you're not letting the enemy take place. But struggles do come, and that is life. Now Elijah has another miracle before his worst struggle. God, this is, I'm gonna give you the the verse so you can go back and look at this. All right, because we have superheroes these days, we watch like Marvel and DC. In 1 Kings chapter 18:46 it says that Elijah he tells the king to go on his horses on his chariots go before him and then all of a sudden somehow Elijah gets to the place before the king does <laughs> on his feet he's able to outrun the horses you get super speed. It's like, it's pretty cool. There's another guy in the Bible that the God teleports with, or something. I'm not saying it's teleport, but he does something. Anyway, he appears somewhere else. There's, there's some pretty cool stuff. It's not just Marvel and DC. And Elijah, this is where I want to start reading from. Then Elijah became afraid let's go to first Kings chapter 19 verse 3 and 4. then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. when he came to Besheba that belonged to Judah he left his servant there but he went on a day's journey into the wilderness ever felt like you're just in the wilderness not knowing what's going on? He sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. This is Elijah that's just been used to do all these great things, all these miracles. He said, "I have it, and I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors." Hey, we all go through tough times. Struggles in life are inevitable. And if there's three points I'll leave you with today, it's number one, struggles in life are inevitable. Number two, through the struggle, run towards God. And number three, turning the tables in your heart is worth it. Because in those times of struggle, two things can happen. We can get a hardened heart or we get a contrite heart. A contrite heart is a humble heart that comes before God and says, I can't do this life without you, God. I need you in everything. I I can't be a father without you, God. I can't be an impact in my workplace without you, God. We will face tough times. And if you came first time this morning, you're thinking, I thought I was coming in here to get get an amazing word to pump me up. Well, look, the story doesn't end here, but I have to be real with you. We live in a sinful world where tough things happen. The difference is as Christians, we have God with us, next to us, carrying us. We can go to His presence. We can defeat All those things that are going on, all those negative thoughts, the anxiety, the stresses, we can get through them with God. He brings joy. His spirit brings change to us. And I wanna go through right now exactly what Elijah does. So Elijah runs, he goes to this cave. 1 Kings 19 Five to nine. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Suddenly, an angel touched him. The angel told him, get up and eat. Sometimes when you're going through your tough times, you don't want anyone around you. But God still somehow brings someone and says, hey, are you okay? Hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, you've been on my heart hey, you don't have to stay where you are. There's more for you. All those tough times, there's something better on the other side that you don't know yet. Elijah couldn't see what was coming on the other side because Elijah's story doesn't end here. Oh, it's beautiful what happens after. And God has a plan and a purpose for you that goes far beyond what you can see. When you're going through the tough times, you can let your heart become hardened or you can contrite it before him, humble it, go into his presence. Then he looked and there at his head was a loaf of bread baked over hot stones. Sometimes God reminds us of the things he did for you in the past. When you're going through the tough times, it's okay, don't forget. Don't forget what I did for you. I have something new for you, but in this time of your discouragement, remember, I was there with you. I didn't leave you. I was there for your family. I brought that person to do something for you. I brought a healing to your life. I brought a healing to to your children. I did miracles in your workplace through you. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Sometimes it takes more than once and God is gonna keep reminding you, hey, come on. So he lays down again. Then the angel of the Lord returned for a second time and touched him. He said, get up and eat or the journey will be too much for you. He's your reminder again, get up. Come on. There's more. This isn't it. I knew, we knew when we were coming to this place, our prayer was God, take me to a place, to a church where I can grow, to a church where, where we can see your miracles. And I believe that I am in a church where we're going to see greater things. This is the church we're in. If you've come in here in the first place, this is the church you're in. And you can be a part of this. And you can go out there and spread the gospel and spread the word. God can use you. There's more. So he says, get up and eat or the journey will be too much for you. So Elijah gets up, he eats, he drinks. Now This is a very, Pastor Chris saying to me, you know, let's push beyond low hanging, hanging fruit. But he got up, ate, and drank. What are you eating? Are you getting to the word? Because we need to hide the word in our hearts. So that when, the, when during that struggle, and the devil's coming knocking on your heart, some of the word of God's going to smack him in the face because you've hit it in there. It's going to smack him around. And he's going to come into you. He's going to be knocking on your heart. He's like, oh. It's like, oh, okay. Greg's heart's, uh, this one's a bit harder. <laughs> he's been in the Word of God, he's been in the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. Then, on the strength from that food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. This man, in his worst time, fasted for 40 days. He started fasting. Wow. And what's more, he goes to Horeb, the mountain of God. He could have gone anywhere. Let me, let me give you a little a secret. Horeb, the mountain of God, it's where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. This man in his weakest point, when he's afraid for his life, yeah, He needed some encouragement, we all do. And then he chose to go 40 days without food, he fasts. When you're over it, when you've been dealing with things, what's something more you can do? He had nothing left and still found something to give. He fasted and ran to the presence of God into Horeb where God would speak to him. we have this beautiful thing, the presence of God. The Holy Spirit has come to meet you in your tough times, in your struggles. That heart is struggling. And you know what? Completely forgot about this bag. Because God was kind of Messing with my heart a little bit this morning, and, gosh, what do I? What do I concentrate on? Because God was just bringing a whole lot of things up. And this is what I, I really felt for some of us. We've been in this struggle. It's been rough, tough times. And the enemy's there looking in and waiting. He's prowling around like a lion. He wants to take you out because there's a plan and a purpose for you. Because through you, many people can be changed. Through you, your children can be changed. Chant up if you've ever. Uh, I hope not, but have you ever had your car broken into? A few people. All right. What's one thing you shouldn't do? You shouldn't leave a bag just there next to the window because when people look in, they're like, "Ooh, what's in that bag?" That's what the devil's like. It's like, oh, just this Christian struggling a little bit. Let's, let's go look into the window and see what's in there. When I was driving here, I drove through a town where I had my mum in, so I had my mum in one seat and the car was just full of things. I had a TV in there, a whole lot of things in there. And I knew that I was coming to this town where everyone says, oh, be careful at night. He said, come in and take your stuff. And I was praying. I'm like, oh God. And I had the car right next to the, our cabin where we were staying. Thank goodness. Thank God there was a security guard just right outdoor, out of our door. There's people praying for you. There's people who've been interceding for you. and You don't even know it. There's security there. God is your security. Now I still got up a little bit during the night and like, because I could hear these, these, um, these people outside for about two hours from one to three in the morning, just screaming. Clearly they were drunk, had a bit too much to drink, screaming and shouting at each other. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> what's going on here? And I I didn't tell my mum, I just told my mum, yeah, like, we're we're gonna be okay, we're just going to this town, we just just gotta make sure, it's it's all good. But my mum, during the night, when I asked her in the morning, she was freaking out. She was freaking out. But I, I ducked my head outside every now and then to make sure the enemy didn't come and steal my stuff, our family's stuff. And you have that bag there, The devil knows that in your bag, there's promises, there's miracles, there's the tools for you to change your own life and other people. And the enemy wants to come and take it. He wants to come and take it out of your heart. God wants to turn the tables Maybe you've come to a place where your heart is already hardened and God can turn those tables. He wants to bring you to a contrite heart that needs Him in every situation, that needs Him in everything, that comes before Him in your struggles. But sometimes we're still struggling and the enemy is like, oh... What can I take from that car? Sometimes it's like you, you've left <laughs> a PlayStation in the window and the enemy's like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. I don't have a PlayStation in my... But oh, I have an iPad, I guess. That's not bad. It's pretty good. I used to use that for school. Those are my tools for work. My laptop, which... <laughs> finally enough. This morning I didn't know where it was. I was like, babe, where's my laptop? I don't know. (laughs) All right. Oh, for some of you, it's your family. And the enemy wants to take you out because there are other people he can take along with you. you have an opportunity to put a stop to it. I'm not saying that for Him right now, life just becomes super easy, but I'd rather do this life with God than without Him. I'd rather run to His presence when I need Him than run to the bar. It's like, where where are you parking that car when you're struggling? Because the enemy is you do not take that car to the dodgiest place in town when you've just done some good shopping. <laughs> when you've got all the tools you need. All your work tools. All, all your kids' gifts. The gifts for yourself. You didn't go and park it and... In, in Sydney, I would have said like Mount Druitt, if some of you know. <laughs> gets a bad route. It's not that bad, but... Some of us go and... We go and leave our heart right for the picking, for the enemy to just do whatever he wants. Where are you going and parking it? How about you take it to his presence? Take your heart before him. Most importantly, yes, most above my family, is keeping the words of God hidden in my heart. Because like Greg's heart, when the enemy comes, he's gonna get smacked in the face by the words of God. (laughs) I'm gonna say, devil, nah. Yeah, you've been trying to have a go and yeah, I'm struggling, but no, it's enough. Yeah, I've been hurt, but it's enough. I'm going to His presence. It has nothing to do with this, but I have a Mario heart in here too. <laughs> So this is mine, but my daughter loves it. There's got to be things that you're going to leave to other people. Whether you have kids or not, you have influence. You as a Christian, as soon as you chose to invite God into your heart, people started seeing a difference in you. God wants to take you back there. When people saw you, like, hey, there's something different about you. And it's been a long time since anyone said that to you because you've been hurting, you've been struggling. God sees you. He saw the prophet Elijah. And this precious things. For me, it's, it's worship. These are the earphones the that I had to save up to try to be up here. There are gifts God has given you that the enemy wants to take and use it for Him and His glory. But God wants to use it for His glory. Elijah, in his lowest moment, he found what else he could still give. For him, it was fasting. If we're going to turn the tables on the enemy, what is what is it that you can give? What is it? I'm about to end with this, because Elijah, he tells God, God, I'm I'm struggling. It's okay to tell God you're struggling. He says, God, I've done all this. and Israel, all the people around me have left. My servant so easily, who I walked day in, day out with, my friend who was with me so easily gave up and didn't even call me, wasn't with me in my darkest and loneliest times. Elijah says, they're trying to kill me. I did all these things, God. I was faithful, I spoke Your Word. And it's still, these people are against You. Still they're trying to kill me. And the enemy keeps trying to keep you down. Don't let him. It's too important, you are too important. I didn't care how old you are or how young you are, you are important to God. And you have something to give that's going to change people. Elijah, he starts hearing from God. There's a a rushing wind that comes, the mountains are shaking, there's there's a fire that comes, there's a whole lot of things happening. But he comes before God and he he hears God in a still small voice. And God is with him. God is speaking to you. This morning, I want you to know that you can leave this place to make a difference in your workplaces. But sometimes the hurt has been so much, it's kept you back that hurt has kept you down. Don't let it. God says to Elijah, get up. I want you to go anoint a new king, a king that's gonna be good for Israel. I want you to go and anoint Elisha, the prophet, Elisha does, gets a double portion of Elijah's anointing and blessing. Elisha stays with Elijah to the very end. Elijah in his loneliest moments, people left him. But he says, okay, God, I'm getting back up. I'm getting back up. I don't know why you want me to get back up because I've done everything I can, but there's more on the other side. And when he gets to the other side, Elisha says, Master, I'm not leaving your side. Elijah tells him, tells his disciple, he's like, hey, stay here because i got to go do things. What was about to happen was God was about to take Elijah. And Elisha says, no, Master, I'm staying with you. To the very end, just because you have felt lonely, Just because people have left your side, it doesn't mean that God has more people for you. Doesn't mean that no one else is gonna come. And if no one else, God is with you. God is with you. And the greatest miracle to end for Elijah, these chariots of fire come around him, a whirlwind. Elijah never dies. He goes straight to heaven without dying. (laughs) I mean, that'd be pretty cool, I'd like that. (laughs) And Elisha, the, the servant, he's like, Master, like what's going on? This whirlwind's taking you up. But when in the past people left him, he felt all alone. And he couldn't see what was on the other side. He just dug in deep to God. It's tough sometimes. But there's joy. There's joy. And this morning, I don't know where your journey has been. I believe God has brought this Word for a reason. He was burning it in my heart. I don't know where your walk with God is. I don't know how long you've been a Christian. Maybe there's things that you're struggling with in your heart and the enemy wants to come and take place in there, but you're not gonna let him. In the Name of Jesus, you're not gonna let him. You're still gonna have struggles. Struggle means that you haven't given up, that you're still here, you're still hanging on. And that's good. Good and faithful servant, you are still hanging on. Bring it to God. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awakened City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.